If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You guys, uh, running game was pretty bottled up for a, for a stretch of that game, but then mm-hmm. it seemed like you guys kind of wore them down. I don't know if you wore them down or what, what happens with the run game? Is it more just waiting for them to make a mistake or is it more just the constant pounding to... to... Oh, no, I mean, we, when we call it a run game, we call it to leverage the numbers. You know, we want to make sure we have the leverage in numbers. Now, of course, you know, you play good defenses, they should always have one more than you have if they're scheming it correctly. And um, good defenses know how to do block destruction and, and, and find a way to, to avoid being in bad leverage. But I thought early we knew the run game was going to go on. I thought early we, we had a couple that we wanted back, um, you know, whether we're not maintaining the block long enough or not seeing it quick enough, all, all those things kind of come for whether we're checking to the right run, to the right leverage, all of that comes to account. But I thought as the game got on, the guys, you know, we got the GT counter that kind of got us going there in the second quarter. And also in the first, I mean, they did a good job of keeping us off the field early. I mean, I think we ran four plays in the first quarter. So, you know, when that happens, every play gets, you know, a little bit more evaluated because you might not get another opportunity because of the limitations that you have plays. But I thought once we got the GT counter going and um, Trey got going pretty good, you know, it kind of helps us keep some drive going here later on. How, how do you evaluate, I guess, Tate's full body of work Saturday? And it, well, I guess from, from my vantage point, it seemed like he, uh, what to say about him, he, uh, he seemed like made his biggest throws, his best throws in the toughest moments. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, all that's going to be a part of it. But the number one thing I loved about him is that he owned the ball. He didn't turn it over. You know, when you get to those rivalry games and those kind of environments, which was a good environment, I thought Florida State fans showed up really heavily too. That gave him a lot of support. But, I mean, you just own the football. You know, that, and that's one thing we came into the game, like, Tate, you know, just be yourself. But we might take, you know, it might be a, a good play just to hold on to the ball, just make sure we don't give it to them. So I thought he did a good job of keeping the ball out of jeopardy. Um, he got hit. We, we missed the corner um, on one check, and he got hit. He owned the football. So, I mean, it, we, we kept saying as long as we ended with a kick. Now, of course, we don't want to take safeties and things like that as a cop of learning experiences. But for the most part, I thought he, he did what we asked him to do, and we got to make sure we're still building to things that he feels comfortable with and things that he can do. Saturday, there was external, you know, challenges with the Florida defensive front, and then mm-hmm. some internal challenges. I think maybe with offensive line injuries and mm-hmm. whatnot. In particular, Maurice Smith mm-hmm. and that offensive line just seemed to endure uh, into the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and, uh, and and prevail. Can you talk about 
uh, what was going on among the line during those uh, th those parts of the game? Well, just I think you know their confidence is always high. I mean, I thought they did a good job of protecting in, in you know obvious pass situations and um, you know an obvious run. Of course, what I love about our group is we are we try to be the the the, the grown men of the offense. Meaning, for example. We want everything to be on us, you know, whether it be, you know, after I heard coach allude to a back not making the right cut, all that. We don't, we don't subscribe to any of that. I don't care if it's protection and the back misses protection, that's a sack on the O-line. If, if it's a run and the back misses the hole, we got to make the hole bigger. Um, anything that happens, we'd rather it be on us because, you know, our guys, we, we, we do a good job of blocking out the noise and we don't want to affect our guys that carry the football. So I like their mentality as playing as a unit to be able to withstand whatever we want to take accountability and responsibility for. So that's what I love about that group. But no, it's week 12, so you're going to have your setbacks. I mean, Mo, think about the second quarter, got his ankle rolled up. I mean, he, was, he, was, he was struggling. I mean, but, you know, he stayed in there, stayed the course, you know, kept fighting, kept clawing, kept scratching. Um, I rotated one guy in, that was Casey. They're late in the game. I thought Keandre came in and did a good job for us. I liked him because of his size and the matchup inside. They had some larger guys that was able to kind of come pay dividend for us at the end of the game. Um, but no, man, that group, what I love about that group is no matter what the circumstance is, and because and we used to be, you know, we used to come in here and talk about the small victories and losses. You know, like, hey, man, y'all rushed for a lot of yards, and y'all, man, y'all got better and protected well, but we'd lose. So I like the resiliency to, you know, take whatever. Whatever next did come for the offense, I wanted to come to the O-line and also find a way to win games. If it's close in the fourth, I believe in our guys is going to finish the game. Obviously, you guys mentioned, you know, you, you're going to have someone else step up each game. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas had that catch in the four, you know, that fourth down, I believe. Mm -hmm. That um, really you know, clinched that, um, helped clinch that game, you know, I think it was a scoring drive. So um, just, you know, how his performance and just how, you know, Keon did. I know he had that one drop in the end zone and then um, Johnny Wilson's great, get, you know, pretty good game. Um, I gave uh, Ja'Kai a lot of praise because, you know, Ja'Kai's been here since we've been here. And we talk about seize, seize your opportunity. We got a room full of good players and they all want the football. And, you know, and, and I, talked, I told the guys, you know, we see the eyes when, you know, everybody wants more opportunities. But the thing I praised about Ja'Kai was whenever his opportunities came, he's always made the play. You know, whether it was in the Pittsburgh game, when the Pitt game, when you go back to Miami two years ago, when you go back to Notre Dame when we was down there, he caught the up route. You go to fourth and three, the guy draped over him, strong hands, makes the play, gets up and celebrates. He has some good plays in blocking. I mean, Ja'Kai is a – is a weapon in our offense because sometimes he's unaccounted for and he can make you pay if he is. Um, Johnny, you know, the, uh, the, the catch in the red zone when he ran the, um, the comeback with Tate, threw a great ball, caught it out of bounds. You know, they reviewed it, he caught the ball. That was a big play in the game. You know, that was a conversion. So, I mean, we got guys that step up when need to be stepped up. Of course, when you operate how we're operating, you know, you, you got to find a reason. Well, didn't do, didn't do, didn't do. Man, our guys, if it, when it's time, they've made plays and they've won games. And, I, and I'm, I'm really proud of that resolve, the discipline they showed just to find a way to win. And all the things we're instilling in them to find ways to win games, especially in rival games, man. I mean, Johnny, Ja'Kai, Trey, LT had a good run on the, on the um, GT counter. I mean, I, I, I was proud of just our ways of, of not being rattled, keeping the same eyes throughout the game, and find a way to get them, make sure we come out there with a win. Coach Norvell alluded to this a little bit earlier, the delay of game penalties. Can you mm -hmm. talk about who's supposed to be watching the play clock and then why that kind of showed up a little bit on Saturday? We take responsibility as the coaching staff. You know, we don't put that on them. That's on us. 
to make sure whatever information we're giving them, they can operate at a high speed. And, and if, we, if we are getting those, that means we're not giving them enough time to, to do what we ask them to do. So we put that on us, not much on them. Um, so we got to do a better job of making sure they're given adequate information and they understand what the play clock is at the start, whether it be 25 or 40, where the play clocks are, all these different kind of things. But, you know, we got to do a better job of making sure they understand the urgency that it takes when you're first taking the field on the P and 10. You mentioned the play with, on the corner blitz that Tate got sacked. Mm -hmm. Number one, that, that could be a game-changing play. You guys had one against Clemson where it turns into a Absolutely. touchdown. I mean, that was everything was on the line right there for him to hold on to the ball, number one. And also, it seemed to me it was very well disguised. Is, there, uh, is that a quarterback's fault at all for not seeing that or the line not rotating over to see that, or is that just a, a, a really well-designed blitz? Yeah, it was an RPO. You know, it was, it was a run play. It was a run. With an RPO tag, we read one side of the field. They didn't show it. Um, he did a good job disguising it. So, you know, good call by them, a good way to hold it. Um, we have an answer for it, you know, but to be honest, we didn't, I don't think we gave him the tools to expect it because out of that formation, we didn't expect it, you know. So, you know, of course, anytime the quarterback hit, the O line is going to take responsibility for it, but it was a run play. We were blocking a run and not necessarily looking for the corner. But in the end, we got to get, like I said in the beginning, we have to give him. The, the, the true negatives that could happen throughout his take gains experience. Um, but no, man, that, we took responsibility for that because we had him reading a side for an RPO and they brought the guy from the other side. So we got to design that better. You know, we got we to protect him because, you know, you're playing with a guy, it was, you know, it, it's some new stuff for him. Now, I've seen him operate that and I'm not worried about the correction once he saw it. I'm not worried about it hitting again. But that was a good learning experience, you know, for, for not only Tate, but us saying, all right, what situations are we putting him in to make sure there's not a catas catastrophic play? But him owning the football in that moment was probably one of the biggest plays of the game. And, you know, and the negative I hear, but like him making sure he held on to that football probably, you know, guaranteed us a victory. It's easy for us or fans to, to talk about players being disciplined when there's, you know, chances for things to kind of, you know, extracurricular activities before or after plays. Mm -hmm. um, but it's different when somebody you feel like somebody's disrespecting you or spitting on you or something like that. Like, Absolutely. How far have you guys come in, in, in not – because I felt like the last – well, in Miami game and that game, there were plenty of opportunities where guys could have gotten out of, out of their character. That's the first thing we addressed was, you know, in 2021, I believe, we came down there and we were undisciplined. We were that team making those kind of mistakes. And, um, you know, if you want to come out with a victory, you got to understand what it takes and the resolve it takes. But it sounds good. You know, I drive around in Tallahassee. I don't see a lot of resolve out there in, in road rage, you know. So I think most human beings could not tolerate somebody spitting in their direction, let alone it touching them. Um, so that just shows you that our team focus and their togetherness because they take what their self-reaction is over what is going to happen to the entire team in a game where we cannot have anything negative, you know. Where, where it could be a penalty that's 15 yards, whether it be a turnover, um, things like that. So, like, for them to do that, you know, beyond coaching is their relationship with each other. Of course, you know, they'll play – coaches play a role in it. we got to emphasize it. But that shows you the unselfishness of our team to say, I'm going to stay focused. I, I gave buyers when they hit um, Tate, um, when Keandre, uh, the play before, Meech got stepped on by the same guy. So, it's just, it, it's just them focused in the moment on how to win – football games, not only how to win football games, how to win football games that are not going your way. Because more games are lost than won. And I think we've learned that. 
You know, we're, we're not paying attention to the selfish stats or things like that. If it comes down to it, can we have the resolve to go win a football game? It, it, it seems like Keon finds a way to make an impact every game, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, not, not as big as receiving game Saturday, same for the Miami game, and yet in both games he had a big punt return to set up the, the what would be the game-winning score. What's that say about him? Keon's a ball player, man. And, and, and I love what Keon, I mean, if you talk to Keon after the game, he was just happy we beat our in-state rivals. I mean, he's a part of the team and part of the Florida State more than he is saying I'm, I'm Keon. You know, he feels like he, he wants to do whatever he can for the team. And, and, and he has some disappointing moments. He's like, man, I could have blocked that. You know, he, he looks at the whole picture of it. So I'm proud of him for that. Even in the offensive meeting, man, you know, I'm going to do better now with those situations. But, you know, Keon's still going to garner enough attention where, you know, he, he's still going to be him. And um, I've been proud of his just approach, his team effort. But, now, nah, man, that pump return, he's a talented big I mean, you know, it's not, I haven't been around many of them like him. And I'm not talking about as far as ball player, just type of mentality he brings, just to practice, to work ethic, to whatever you ask him to do. And it bleeds through our team because if he's like that, how can anybody else, be, you know, not be like that? You know, if he's not being unselfish, then what's your excuse? You know, so uh, I'm proud of him for that. What makes Louisville's defense go, and how good of a pass rusher is the Ashton Galat kid? Yeah, what I told our, our guys is that we're meeting um, a, a mirrored opponent where they pride themselves on the same thing we pride ourselves on, you know, toughness, effort, um, discipline, um, winning close games. You know, and that's why we meet them in a championship game. So credit to their defensive staff because I think they do one of the best jobs I've seen of, of, of maintaining leverage, tackling, eliminating big plays. So, you know, it's going to be a challenge of, you know, who, you know, who can outlast and who can out-tough and who can out-finish. Um, and, and, you know, Nine is, is a real player. I mean, he's a guy that developed himself into a player, too. He's one that I give a lot of credit to because he gets blocked, but then he, I like to say, he unblocks himself. He understands how to, you know, take advantage of leaning on linemen and, 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 and effort. You know, he, he's, a, he's, he's relentless. So we got to make sure our effort is up to par. We got to make sure we understand where he is because they do play him quite a bit of places whether it be four or five and things like that and twisting so we got to make sure we bring our game and focus because he is a really dynamic player in this league but but credit to that defense because you know we're going to be here for a while because they do a good job coach you mentioned it a little bit earlier can you talk about the decision to not rotate as much and how you felt the offensive line um played physically in their stamina throughout the game yeah rob was ready to go and and, and bless was ready to go but I felt good with how the size of Byers and, and the athleticism of theirs with us running the outside zone a little bit more and him being able to cut off things on the backside. And Darius, I mean, I, I thought he played one of his better games in that game. I mean, Darius has really, you know, developed himself to be, you know, one of the top tier in that room. Um, so I just rolled with them. But those guys were ready on call and ready to go. But I felt that those guys were settling. I was good with it. I, I, I put Casey in a little bit later there. I had a plan to get him in a little bit earlier, but I wanted to get him in there to give KJ a spell. Um, but then I put KJ in back in late because, like you said, the size. KJ's a massive dude, man, that can, that can you know, make sure we get a little presence in that pocket to not get pushed back. But you got other guys that are athletic that can move and get to those second-level backers. So it's just like anything. It's a matchup, you know, kind of conversation that we have of how we're matching up with the fours or four eyes or three techniques and combos and speed and things like that. So it's just like any other position. We're trying to create matchups up front just like you would on the outside, and it's been paying dividends for us. You mentioned for a couple of weeks now that Rob's getting close, um, mm -hmm. and I know he's able to practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was—I think he was second team All ACC last year, and he you was. guys haven't had him all, that much this year. 
when he does get back on, are you expecting him to be that guy? Has he played at that level of practice, or is it going to be, you know, kind of working his way back to that level? Yeah, I care about Rob, and I want to make sure because Rob always wants to go. He doesn't care what's hurting, what's going on. So I care about him and his career moving forward to make sure I'm not putting him in an unnecessary position to get even further injured. Um, but he was ready to go. I mean, he practiced last week, and um, he could have went if we needed him to go, and we, we have that luxury to do that. And he understands that you know if he goes, but I don't want to put him on a setback either if he's getting better, unless it's absolutely necessary. What I liked about it is he's, in, he, he's, he's, he's really embraced that process, and as we further along, we're going to need Rob. And he'll be feeling better than he's ever felt, and he's still getting to work and practice against really good players. So I don't, I don't, I don't you know, think he's going to be underdeveloped. He's going to be ready to go when it's time to go, but he's also going to be able to be very effective when he goes, and we don't have any setbacks to put us pushers behind as we push late in the season. Maybe I'm reading uh, too much into this, but you put a true freshman in on the road when the starting quarterback gets knocked out and mm -hmm. his first play is a kind of a sprint throw. <laughs> I <laughs> guess wrong. what does that say about y'all's confidence in him mm -hmm. and who he is and who he could be yeah. to even think about calling a play like yeah. that in that moment, not being worried about the <laughs> end result? I give Brock some credit because, um, you know, that was something he saw that he, he got to because he wanted to take advantage of something that he saw. So uh, we have a lot of, of confidence in Brock, and we have a lot of trust in our quarterbacks. So we don't send him out there just because of the perception of third or first. Our quarterback operates and gets us in what he believes is the right thing to do, and we give him that leeway too. And, um, you know, I like the call. I mean, I wasn't disagreeing with the call. We didn't get into the guy on the edge. He got a bat down. But also, you know, he got in there, and we ran the zone, and he saw an opening. He pulled the ball and got good yardage on it. They were, they were offside, so we were able to get a free playoff of it. But now Brock is going to be an exceptional football player. I mean, I stand next to him in practice because, you know, I'm right behind the whole action to see the whole deal, and he stands next to me, and I see him. He, he doesn't miss a rep even when he's not in there. I see him mimicking the checks. I see him taking the reps. I see him taking the visual. I see him applying them himself. I see him upstairs. I was just upstairs. He was already up there coming from class with his backpack on, wanting to know about the game plan. He is preparing himself like a starter ever since I met him, and he challenges Tony to make sure he's on the question. So Brock's future is going to be, if he continues as he's continued, we have a lot of trust in Brock. Coach on offense, a lot of guys chose to come back for this run to help the team potentially win an ACC title, potentially mm -hmm. get to a playoff. Just their growth that you've seen through film room, practices, games, and more than the production too, but also the leadership and what they've meant for the big picture. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is um, ownership and player accountability, meaning you know, we're going to do our job and make sure we're on point and understanding what the standard is, what's the structure for our success. But when a player starts defending what you're saying outside of the building, that's when it's a real, everybody uses the word culture, but that's when it's real and they really are understanding what you're saying where we might give, I might sit up in a, in a meeting room and talk about, hey, we got to be disciplined, we got to be on point. But if, if you're in practice and something happens that I don't see and I see a player correcting it, that's when it's real. Like we could talk about this. Every coach gets up here and talk about discipline. We can't make mistakes. We got to do this. And then somebody spits in their face and the kid gets a penalty. So our players are leading the charge and accountability for what, the, what they want to do as a team. Now, does that guarantee success? Absolutely not. But it gives you an opportunity to have success. It puts you in the best position to get what you came back to do. But, I mean, it still has to be done. The action still has to be there. So I'm going to commend them on taking the real actions to get what they want. Now, you still got to go get it because that other team is doing the same thing. So 
we got to make sure we're doing it as best as we ever done this week compared to last week. Coach, I'm going to go back to the first question I asked about offensive line, mm -hmm. kind of a follow-up to Iris' question mm -hmm. about Rob Scott. Mm -hmm. When Maurice gets rolled up, uh, my eyes went to a couple of the offensive linemen trying to get him up before the ref called, you know, injured player. Mm -hmm. If Maurice can't fight through this, Washington goes to center. Absolutely. Do you have to play Scott at that point? Uh, we got Bless and Scott. Okay. So it depends on the situation and the matchup. Because we still got Bless who was going in and he was ready to go. He practiced all week also. So the, the, the benefit we have with Darius is, he, you know, he can play all five. And he's ready to go at all five at any time. So it's not like he has to go and warm up or do anything. I mean, he, he's ready to go. He's done it. He started games at center. So it, we, we really try to – Every, every O-line coach in the country says, hey, if a guy goes down, go down so we can warm up with the other guy and we're not wasting time and things like that. But our guys have their own personal standard of operating until you can't operate no more. And if you go down, then you're down for real. So you saw them picking each other. had to play where he had to pick them up. You know, so, I mean, I don't, I don't ever question those guys' mentality. Of course, they're going to make mistakes. I mean, you ain't going to go about a thousand, but... Them guys I'm sitting out there with their mindset, they're going to find a way, no matter how it needs to be done, they're going to scrap and claw and, and make sure they're together and, and find a way to come out with a win. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.